Welcome to Wealth Made Simple with Shaz, where you'll learn how to master your money through business, property, and tax saving strategies. Your host has collectively helped his clients make tens of millions of pounds in additional profits through these strategic approaches to business. Introducing Shaz Nawaz, an award-winning chartered accountant, property tax expert, entrepreneur, and property investor. There is a property strategy known colloquially as NMD or JVing or... What's NMD, though? Group profits in, uh, and it's all, all, all amounts to the same thing. It is a joint venture no money down. And just a caveat, when I say no money down, understand that no money down doesn't mean no money involved. It just means none of your own money. So if you've got, you know, a wealthy friend or, you know, seven or eight friends that want to go in with you and you're happy to do business with, then perhaps between all of you, you can have enough money to put in for an investment so property. So you're telling me if I find a property deal... I can go to people and say, I've found a deal here which can work for all of us. You invest all the money and I'll do all the work. Absolutely. You do all the work, you do all the project management, as it were. And then depending on how your personal relationship with them is, how the business is structured, then you you, you split the split the profits from the deal However you like. So some some people might take 50-50, other people might 60-30. Which we'll talk about. So this links in with what Fayaz Rasul asked last week yes. about having a consortium uh, and kind of making it halal, so to speak. There's no interest involved. Absolutely. But why would anybody give but you money, Kieran? Whilst we're on that subject, just to caveat, we're not financial advisors. No, we're not. And we do not give financial advice. We don't. If you want advice in that sort of area, go and speak to someone who is trained and a professional in that profession. Or anything on Islamic finance or interest or riba or anything to do with that. Exactly that. We um, have our limits. Yeah. I, I wouldn't want to mislead people, so I just thought I'd put that out there quickly. But, yeah, following on from that, sorry to, to, to sidetrack, but I felt that's necessary to highlight, as we do every you week. You always spoil it for us. I, I know, I, I know. know. Um, and I tolerate it. You do. You you are a very tolerant person, and I appreciate that. But, but I have my limits, just so you know. And and I appreciate I you. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you could if you if you had enough people with enough money, you could you could without interest purchase a property, refurbish the property, either rent it out or flip it on or you know. What does flip mean? Flip. Does that mean when somebody gets angry, they, they, they flip? Absolutely. Yep. Yep. That's exactly what it means. Okay. It, it absolutely does not mean that that you've bought it at one stage and then you flip it up to market it out at a higher value so you make some money and in make the some process. Money down. Yeah, yeah, no, no. Absolutely. Yeah. It doesn't mean that yeah. at all. We don't want to do that, do we? No, no, no. Yeah. Making yeah. money is not what we're. It's a bad idea. Bad idea. Terrible idea. Yeah. How <laughs> dare you? I know. Yeah. I know. But, yeah, so... Well, you could flip burgers, couldn't you? You, you can flip burgers. That could be flipping as well, so... Yeah, yeah, I mean... You could be a flip-flopper as well, couldn't you? I mean, you could you be know, a flip-flopper. Yeah. Isn't that a shoe? No, no, I've got no idea, mate. I'm, no it's idea like, a, like a sandal, yeah. but, but it makes a funny sound. It has a, has a different name <laughs> in the world of politics, but I'm not going to go there tonight, or any night, by the way. <laughs> no, no, really? No, 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 no. No, you, you don't want to flip-flop across parties? <laughs> <laughs> it's been mentioned by the way <laughs> oh, back okay. to the world of property back to the world of property um, 
so yeah, so you could theoretically, however the split is, I mean, if you split something 50, 40, 20, 10, if you've got 10 people and everyone takes 10% each, that's fine. What I will say to say about, you know, splitting out your profits and stuff like that, if it's a good deal and the deal stacks up and you're going to make money regardless, but you can't afford to do the deal yourself, so you need external help to do it and you can get that help and they demand, you know, 70% of the profits and you get 30, 60% of the profits, you get 40. They're not keen on a 50-50 split. Well, is 40% of a profit better than 100% of nothing? Yeah. And, and I think that is worth mentioning because a lot of people get hung up on the, oh, well, they're taking me for a ride. They're taking more of the profits than I am. They're, they're getting more of the money out of this than I am. Well, okay. If they weren't involved, would you be doing the deal? Yeah. And if the answer is no, I would say negotiate as hard as you want, but fundamentally, a little bit of something is better than a lot of nothing. We're going to come back to it in a, in a second because we've got Faisal who always listens to our show, by the way. Oh, hi. He always asks a really good question. Uh, Salam alaikum, Faisal, and thank you very much for asking a question. Salam alaikum. His, his question is, is one that we've heard, obviously, before, and it's a good question, by the way, because it shows he's thinking about stuff, which is when flipping... Do you use the same company or keep it separate from a company with your bite-let properties? Um, personally, I would keep it in a separate company, separate company structure as well. But we'll get onto that another day. I don't think we've got enough time to go through company structure, but we should at some point. Well, I'll make a note, shall I? Yeah, you... you I'll, I'll do that. You take an, that yeah. There's a good man. Yeah. I'll, uh, I'll host the show and I'll make notes as well. Okay, cool. Um, I've got you covered. Keep keep it in a separate structure because from my experience and from what I've learned, um, a lot from, from Mr. Shaz himself is that a buy-to-let property or buy-to-let portfolio, if you've got more than one property, um, actually comes under as an investment business yep. and flipping is a trading business. And there are a lot of different pros and cons to a trading business versus an investment business. And I suggest everyone do their own research on that. Um, we've done some videos on that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's, there's a lot of information out there to, to, to digest. But fundamentally, there are more benefits overall to a trading company than there are to an investment company in, in certain areas. Yeah, because obviously the government wants to incentivize people to uh, trade. And generally speaking, there's a... a particular persona or connotations people have towards those who are investors that they seem to be wealthy people who are reasonably well off, have lots of money, so there aren't as many tax advantageous benefits for the, for that type of sector as there is in terms of having a trading business. So there's a lot of tax reliefs, exemptions, allowances available to a trader a, as compared to an investor. So first to answer your question, a Bartlett property portfolio holder is, is seen as an investor, whereas a flipping is a trade. Therefore, you get things like entrepreneur's relief, which is now called business asset disposal relief. You get investor's relief, which we might talk about all of these things yeah, one day. You get AIA. That's right. Yeah, the, and, yeah that's yeah, right. And you get different things like that. Allowances and all those yeah. kind of tax uh, benefits. Uh, but you're better off keeping it in a separate company because when you're f- flipping, 
you're usually adding value to a property, which means you're getting work done to it. And then you've got VAT, you've got CIS, the uh, construction industry scheme, scheme, all that type of stuff, which you haven't got in your buy-to-let pro- property portfolio, generally speaking. So it starts getting complicated. So first, it's better to keep it in two separate prop- uh, companies. But what you could do, if you wanted, by the way, is have a holding company on top, which controls everything. So you have it in two separate companies, but then you, we go down the path of having a trading group and an investment group. group. Again, it's probably worth you and I, Kieran, talking through that one day. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, just to give people a, a bit more clarity, but to keep it really simple, first of to answer your question, is two, two, separate, two companies. separate companies. Yeah. And simply because, if nothing else, your buy-to-let portfolio, generally speaking, let's say it's owned by you personally, you th- then using what Kieran just shared, you're asking 10 people for 10,000 pounds each, now they've given you that money, they want to be shareholders. Well, why do you want to give them shares in your buy-to-let company when they don't own any of the buy-to-let companies? Or properties, or sorry. Properties. So therefore, yeah. have a separate company which has that uh, property that you're going to flip. It keeps it away from, it. Your, from your buy-to-let. Yeah? Yeah, ring, ring fences it, ring keep, fences. Keep, keep, keeps exactly. it separate. And then there's a the further risk, and that's a good point you yeah. make, because uh, your uh, property that, that you're going to flip, you're going to do work to, has a high element of risk because you've got contractors, subcontractors, work going on to it, where your bite let is pretty vanilla, nothing going on. So why do you want to jeopardize that if something goes wrong with your building work and all of a sudden you can't pay your supplies for some reason? It whether goes it's COVID, over budget, whether it's Brexit, over time, whether it's or something happens. There's something else, okay? And then you're going to basically put at risk all of your bite let properties, but that'd be a bad idea. Because if they're all in the same company, they're all liable. Exactly. If you ring fence it and just keep it as that that property versus that's a separate company, don't worry about that. Limit the exposure. Limit the exposure. Limit your risk. Aren't you glad that Faisal asked that question and enabled you to answer that question? Absolutely. I love our questions. Yeah. And I, I, love, I love when we get engagement from our listeners because that's fundamentally what we're here for. Engagement, that's right. We're here to help other people out. So you've got somebody who's got some expertise in property or has an interest in property, yep. although they've educated themselves in property, and they found a deal. Let's just say that they found a property uh, that they can add value to by extending it in some shape, way, format, or manner. And then they think, we can, we can sell this and make, let's say, £100,000. Just keep the numbers yeah, really Keep the numbers easy. really yeah, easy. Know, some of the numbers have been really big for some of the people that, that we work with. But let's just say £100,000. And then you go to, to, to and but to buy that property... You need three hundred thousand pounds, and then to redevelop it, you need two hundred thousand pounds. So you need five hundred grand in total. Uh, and you're saying, okay, depending on what that, those people's personal preferences, we may need a further loan, or we may just need them to input all the cash. That doesn't matter. Let's yeah. just say you need a, a sum of money. So then you would go and talk to some people and say, I have a project here for you. Here's the projections. Here's how much it's going to cost in terms of buying it, plus legal fees, stamp duty, possibly planning, all that kind of stuff. All the stuff and then that goes with it. And then refurbish it, redevelop it. And in the end, we're going to spend this much money. Let's call it 500 grand, for example, in total. We're going to sell it for 600,000 pounds. We're going to make a 100 grand profit. Just to, just to keep it really easy. 500 grand is all in, including all the fees just to yep. sell the property. Why would somebody believe you, Kieran? Well, because, because the numbers are there. Yeah, and it's it's not a matter of of a flight of fancy or you know anything like that. It's not 
it's not too good to be true because there are risks involved and it's something that I will, you know, if it sounds too good to be true, generally it is. But realistically, this isn't without risks. There are risks involved. There, It's not all on the up and up and up and up and up. But that's business. So what you're really saying is they can then take that document that you've prepared, which we call an appraisal. Yeah. And then sense check it. Yeah, say, absolutely. Okay, let's all these numbers here, and let's go and speak to contractors, subcontractors, our electrician, our plumber, speak to lawyers, check out about the stamp duty land taxes to make sure that these numbers are accurate, accurate and reasonable. To, yeah? yeah, absolutely. So once they've done that, I think, okay, what the numbers that Kieran shared here pretty much are what I've established by speaking to two or three experts in every single area. These numbers work. And we're talking today about no money down. And in very simple terms, this is when you want to, uh, you, you found a deal, and you're looking to, and the deal stacks up, and all the numbers add up, and we should talk about uh, what those numbers should be one day, by the, by the way, Kieran. So Absolutely. People, because people don't know what goes in an appraisal sheet. And then you find somebody who's looking to invest, and then they go and find some investors, so that they'll do all the work. And by the way, this is quite an, 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 this is an Islamic finance concept. So you've got something called Mudariba, and in that you have so that that's a, a financial instrument. In that you have two entities. One is called the Rabbal Mal, the investor who puts the money in, and then you've got the Mudarib, who is the person with the expertise. Hence, why it's called Mudariba. So you have investor and the person with the expertise. The expertise person or the people obviously use their expertise. The people with the money called the Rabbal Mal, okay, invest their money, and you both enter into a joint venture agreement to make money uh-huh. without any interest involved. So uh, this is 100% permitted within Islamic finance, and it works extremely well. But obviously within uh, more westernized concepts, it's called no money down, exactly the same thing. So you were saying earlier, we found the, found the project, shared the, the numbers, Some yeah. someone's gone away and sense checked the numbers, and the numbers add up. Yeah, they're fine. Uh, and, and we were just saying that that's, that's the nice thing about about the way this works is that it's not a fly-by-night operation. Someone can take a look at the numbers, take them away, and actually check them against you know industry standards, against the area that you're investing in, against the price of the property, against you know all of all of those points of potential failure in the deal. They can go away and check. So they're not investing blind. You know you're going to them going. This deal stacks up. These are the numbers I've got. Feel free to check them because you obviously have the finance. I have the expertise. We can come to, to a, de- a deal and that works for everybody. By all means, check the numbers. Make sure I'm right. So I've gone away and done that. And I say, totally agree with your figures, by the way, Kieran. They add up. I've spoken to a couple of quantity surveyors. I've spoken to sales agents. I've spoken to my accountant, and they're all saying these numbers add up, and they are pretty spot on. But my concern is, I don't know whether you can deliver or not. So how how would you go about trying to convince me that you are the person to deliver the project? Well, I mean, that all depends on your your own personal history. I mean, for someone like yourself or myself, you know, I, I can take you to projects that we've done. You know, here, this is what I've done last time. This is what I've done before. This is what I've done before. Yeah, I've got a, I've got a portfolio of things that we've already done. So that should give you some confidence that I do know what I'm doing. If I don't have that portfolio, then this does become slightly harder 
Um, with you know, and rightly so. But you about to say with the passage of time, more do you? No, it doesn't. It doesn't get harder with the passage of time. It gets it gets harder to convince someone that you know what you're doing if you've never done it before. So how would somebody go about doing that? Do you reckon? Um, if someone has got so you've done zero no money down deals, zero no money down deals. Okay, if I've got zero no money down deals behind me, um, do I have? Uh, are we saying zero property deals? You could. You've done property deals because you know about property. Cool. You've done no no money down deals, and now you're asking other people for money. And maybe you've done a flip. Maybe you haven't done flips. Maybe you've done commercial residential conversions. Maybe you haven't. So uh, in, in that regard, I would probably... What me, are you going to offer me to address that concern? So if, if I've got to address that concern, then I would be like, well, I've done these flips. I've done, you know, or not done these flips. I've done... You know, this this is my expertise in terms of whether it's project management, whether it's mm-hmm. you know, history of history of working within property, whether it's you know, done estate agency, whether it's looking at deals, whether it's deal sourcing, yeah. any of those things, any of the courses that I could do. Building your credibility. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Any of the courses that I could do. Do I have a mentor? Do I have somebody that can show me the ropes? Do yeah, all of these things factor into it. But also fundamentally, you can also go back to them and go, I appreciate that. I've got no credit line with you, as it were, in terms of my experience and my expertise. No currency. No currency, yeah. Um, so how about we split the deal 70-30? So offer them more offer them for more taking a bigger risk for, yeah. by having a leap of faith. Exactly that. And then maybe, the, maybe you guys, you make money on that deal, that deal works out well. You go to them for the next deal and you say, okay, we did 70-30 last time. It worked out well for both of us, but how about we do 60-40 this time, then 50-50? And you build up a relationship with people that way. And Because as, as I said right at the beginning of the show, 100% of nothing is still nothing. 30% of £100,000 is £30,000. Okay, yeah, somebody else is taking seventy thousand pounds as profit, but you know what? They might be taking seventy grand, but they take they took a risk on you, and you've got to pay that sweat sweat equity into a deal. You've got to prove yourself. So a piece of the pie is better than no pie. Exactly. So you're in terms of we were talking about no money down. So you have yeah. and uh, a person who's got the expertise doesn't have the money finds a good deal. There's a deal appraisal. Find some investors, whether family, friends, associates, or somebody they don't know, share the figures with them. They go away and check those figures, verify them, are happy with the figures. They're then saying, I like the figures, I like the deal, I can see how it works. I'm not too sure about you, so we can't do a 50-50, for example. It doesn't matter what the ratio is, 50-50. I'm not comfortable, so you're saying, because you're taking a bigger risk in me, because you're not comfortable, I'll give you 70% of the proceeds of the profit. I'll keep 30% just to prove to you I know ex- what I'm doing, and it, but in future deals, that's going to change. This is just to build your confidence absolutely, and demonstrate yeah. to you my credibility. Yes, right? yeah. So that person says, absolutely, okay, because I'm taking a bigger risk, 70% seems like more like something that's worthwhile doing. And then you obviously do the deal, complete it, sell it, and split the proceeds and hopefully go back to that, that person or somebody else and then obviously work on future deals. And I guess in between that, uh, Kieran, you want to build up your portfolio, so take photos, make videos, all that type of stuff, so you've got the evidence to show the next lot of investors, whether the same people or new people, 
how the whole thing works. And, and that you know what you're doing. And then, absolutely. And then, but what if you, I'm saying to you, I want regular updates. Every week I need you to send me some, some information about how the deal's working because I'm, I'm concerned I'm giving you so much money and I want to be sure that you're investing it properly and my money's safe. I would, for me personally, that doesn't work. Um, I would say, realistically, we're dealing with property. This is not a quick, quick game. Get if, rich overnight. Or yeah, it's not get rich overnight. It's not a quick game. Yeah, an average flip, you know, even if you know what you're doing, could take, you know, a year. So that that's not a quick turnaround. And understanding that, I would say I'm happy to give you quarterly updates. You know, my projections on this project are... I don't know, say a year, 18 months, if we're doing a bigger project. 18 months, maybe even two years. I'm happy to give you a, an update every three months, six months. I'm not going to keep you out of the loop. You are welcome to come and, you know, see what's going on, ask around what's going on. I've got no issue with that. But if I spend every week compiling an update for you on a weekly basis, I'm going to be doing nothing else which means the work won't get done, which means we'll fall behind, which means the project's going to cost more, it's going to take longer, and we're both, both going to go away unhappy. So we're both doomed for failure. So how long does an average flip or a commercial conversion take anyway? Um, in my experience, an average flip, if it's a smaller house, smaller property, um, we're probably looking... You can, do, you can do a flip in comfortably nine months, six months if you're really, really pushing it and you know, really constrained. But so if you've got a good system in place. Really good system in place. But also what that doesn't factor into and can't factor into is how long it takes to sell the property once you put it back on the market. And you do need to allow for that. And what if we don't want to sell though? I mean, imagine we both agree that we're going to sell. At the end, I say to you, you say to me or whoever the parties are, let's keep the properties or the units. Is that workable too? It depends on your business structure. It depends on whether you are doing this in a limited company, whether you're doing it sole trader, whether you're doing it as a... But is it a viable option to talk about? Maybe at the end, because things have changed, economic climate's changed, interest rates have gone up, you can't get the uh, finance in place. Oh, sorry, you can't sell them for what you thought you were going to sell them. Uh, and because interest rates have gone up, the, person, the people who are interested in buying can't afford to buy them anymore. So you're saying... Let's just refinance ourselves because we've got the margin there to use that as a deposit, even though we're not paying a deposit per se. So we're, yeah. we're borrowing 75% of the value of the property and the other 25% is the uplift in the, in the profit that we've created. So it won't cost us any money to, in terms of getting the refinance uh, because we've got the equity in place. Apart from paying, paying the arrangement fees and the legal fees, let's keep the properties and generate some rental income and in three, four, five years' time or whenever we can sell the properties and in the meantime we've generated rental income. Is that a workable model for some people? As in, it's not the end of the world if you can't it's, sell it. It's not, it's not the end of the world if you can't sell it, no. Um, and, and just like you say, you can rework it like that if you want. Um, we're getting into the deep bones of business structure and yeah, stuff. Of course, yeah. If, if okay. yeah, intention to sell versus intention to keep versus, which yeah. overcomplicates things. But if we, if we gloss over that and just tell our viewers that that is something to be aware of, but go speak to a professional about that. They'll tell you all about it. And our listeners. And our listeners. Yep. Um, what did I say? Viewers. Oh, I'm so sorry. 
But we are on the streaming platforms. We are. I, I do apologise to our listeners out there. two sets of you, uh, we do, people. We, we do. Audiences. We, we have our viewers. Just listen to them. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, but yeah, fundamentally, if you want to switch to holding on to it, yeah. you can. Mm. And um, for me personally, I prefer to hold over selling from, from the outset. And why is that? Um, because I prefer the cash flow that comes with having ha- having having this system in place. So, and you don't pay the tax when you because you're not selling anything. So, you, so, you, so you've saved that tax for now. Push it down the road for a bigger capital appreciation, which makes to a be, lot of sense. And you perfect sense, yeah, yeah. And I mean, if you look at it from a investment point of view from the outset, if you've got enough money in the deal in the profits to on the uplift in value to refinance to get all of your initial investment money out for some people if you do the deal right it's like having flats for free and that is the place to be isn't it uh, it absolutely is and i'll just you know, run you through some numbers very very quickly if you for example bought a commercial property um for two hundred thousand you spend 200,000 refurbishing it mm-hmm. into 10 flats. A number of flats, yeah. Yeah. And then you you then get the get the flats revalued and they're valued at 600,000 all told all in all 10 of them. You know. Um they'd probably be more than that. They'd probably be about 80 grand each, but call it call, call it 800,000 then. Well, yeah. 600 grand and you want to refund that 75 percent you got 450,000 pounds in by way of uh finance yep which means you get your 400 grand out that you put in initially plus 50 grand spare that's in your pocket thank you very much you sorted and you've now got these 10 flats that you can rent out you know 600 pound a month 700 pound, whatever yeah the other yeah. 150 grand you deposit or equity equity you deposit pretty grand back Yep. Pay everybody off, and you got fifty grand. Uh, you can divvy up as well. Yeah, that you can divvy up and and do as you or will. Or take with. a smaller mortgage, so you got less to pay in terms of interest or repayments, uh, and then so then you're creating more monthly capital cash flow. Exactly that. You know, whichever way around you want to do it. But the the point is that on that scenario, there very quickly, very back of a cigarette packet style. And you've got you've got a share in ten flats. You've got a share in ten flats Ooh. for free. It seems too good to be true, Kieran. Does that really work? With the right deal, the right amount of work, you've got to put in the sweat equity. You've got to have a strong mind to get through the trials and tribulations because there will be hiccups. There will be problems along the way. Something that you taught me very early on was there are two things that are almost guaranteed in every deal. It's going to take you longer than you think it is and it'll cost you more than you think it's going to cost you. Exactly. So that £50,000 bonus that we were just discussing might become twenty. Might might get wiped out entirely. Who cares? But who cares? You've got ten properties. You've got ten properties, and well, you've, you've got all got your money, money out. Back. Yeah. If someone said to another person, "Here's ten properties. Pay nothing for them. Just make the mortgage repayments every month, and the rent's going to cover them. Have them for free." I mean, who'd say no? Who'd say no to that? The majority wouldn't, would they? And same thing. And this is the style of deal that I have seen people do: is they've got joint venture finance to fund the cost. They've done a deal just like that with the extra 50 and they've gone to the investor. Okay, here is your 400,000 pound back and here's 
Good share word. the equity and the property. Well, no, they've they've taken the they've taken the the flats themselves on themselves, and they've gone. Here's the fifty thousand pound bonus that we got from yeah. refinancing. You now have nothing to do with this. See you later. See you later. This is now, and so so suddenly, okay. You've got no bonus out of it at the end of it, but do you care? You've got ten flats. You've got monthly cash. You've flow. got monthly cash flow. And then you go back to the investor. Do you want to do the? A do you want to do the similar again? deal again? Why wouldn't they? And suddenly they've gone. Well, I gave you four hundred grand and got four hundred and fifty grand back. In six or nine months or whatever. Yeah, six, nine, eight. Nice. Let's do it yeah, again. Let's let's do it again. Let's do it again. And you find with a lot of wealthy individuals who have that sort of wealth, they do tend to go. Well, I know we did 400 grand last time and I made 450. Well, actually, I've got a bit more spare. Let me tell you about it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, let me, let, right. me, let, let me tell you about this. This, this I've got 800 grand, yeah. 800 right. grand, 900 grand. Because no one tells you up front how much money they've got. They're just no, giving absolutely. you a bit to, just to dip their toes in the sea. Toes in the water. Like, and once they see that you're a safe pair of hands, they say, oh, I've got some more where that came from. Yeah. And let's upscale it. So suddenly, you're now looking at deals of a million pound plus. And a million pound plus deal will gen- can generate serious cash, yeah. retirement level cash flow. Yeah, absolutely. Because as you go up the ladder in terms of the value of the property, there's, there's less, less competition. competition for it, isn't it? Yeah. Thanks for listening to Wealth Made Simple. You can follow and contact Shaz on the Facebook pages Entrust Property Tax and The Profits Wizard. You can also find Shaz on LinkedIn, YouTube and Instagram. Alternatively, email him at shaz at aa-accountants.co.uk. Build your wealth by mastering money.